Hello, everyone. I'm Philip Michaels. It's just a few days from April Fool's, which is no reason at all why they've asked us to do another Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, it's that time again where we try and make sense of the news of the world by ascribing point values to what people think about it. I have gathered together a a panel of wise men and wise women to sort through the foolishness of the tech universe. We will be in the classic tradition of the BBC program Fighting Talk, awarding points for punditry. And here is our panel for this week. Let's meet them. Our first panelist, I believe, won the last time he was on the show. He's a Macworld senior writer. In in an example of the bizarro world in which he lives in, he has given up his iPhone in favor of a Windows 8 phone, which just allows him to imagine that the Eagles won the Super Bowl last month. (laughs) Hello, Phil. It's Lex Friedman. How are you, Lex? Well, listen, in my world where I use a Windows phone, the Eagles win, and uh, New Jersey is a beautiful place to live, so I'm great. Exactly. Uh, Facing off against Lex, he is now, in addition to his many writing tasks, the managing editor of the magazine, which is available at fine iOS app stores everywhere. He writes for Macworld, as I mentioned. He's written for TechHive. He writes for The Economist, Tidbits, many other publications, too numerous to mention. He'll probably write for you if you make him a reasonable enough offer. It's Glenn Fleischman. Hello, Phil. Hi, Glenn. How are you? I am uh, I'm great. I no longer write about Wi-Fi though, so now my theme song <laughs> is horribly out no of date. It's appropriate. Well, we'll we'll, we'll take suggestions from <laughs> listeners as to to what theme music oh, it can be. I would suggest it be something along the lines of that, but we'll <laughs> we'll figure much. it out uh, soon enough. Um, another past winner joins our panel. She is an associate editor with Macworld. She's also a uh, roller derby enthusiast with the Cosmonauties of the greater Boston area, and that has allowed her to change her theme music from one she detests to one, hopefully, she sort of kind of (laughs) likes. It's Serenity Caldwell, everybody. Bravo, Phil. No more Duran Duran for you. No more Duran Duran. I have graduated from the Duran Duran. As as did we all in middle school. And now, finally, uh, making his debut on the Macworld Pundit Showdown, he's the executive editor of TechHive. He's also part of the Play This podcast, which covers all aspects of the digital entertainment world, from games to music to movies. You might find that on the iTunes store if you if you search for it, and we, we suggest that you, you should. When you see the Southern Cross... <laughs> it's Jason <Nice>. Cross. <laughs> Thanks. Hi. Hi, how I, are you? I'm sorry I'm not the other Jason. No, well... Everybody will be greatly disappointed. Well, sure, but in a way, it's probably for the best. Um, just for Jason's benefit, here's how the scoring works. I'm going to ask a question. I will give one point if I like the answer, two points if I really like the answer, and if I especially like the answer. That's what three points sounds like. You can also lose a point. And let's start off with our first question... It is all about, if we listen very carefully, this. 60 Minutes. If you believe the rumor sites, Apple is supposed to be developing a smartwatch, as are Samsung and Google. I'd like to know, panel, 
what one feature needs to be introduced in any smartwatch if it's to take a licking and keep on ticking? Lex Friedman. Well, I've spent my life longing for an analog watch with digital hands, and the Pebble already offers exactly that. So the next thing I thought about craving from a smartwatch was a watch with a digital time display, only the numbers were analog, but I don't know how that would work. So I'll tell you, the one thing that any smartwatch needs is a huge screen and a stylus. Your move, Samsung. Glenn Fleischman. I don't need to know the time, and I don't need to be reminded of stuff all the time, because that's what I have a smartphone for. So instead, Apple's smartwatch is going to be Siri-centric. It's going to have no buttons, and it's going to use ultrasonic tunneling to make sure that the sound of Siri speaking goes right to my ears. No one else can hear around me. Just by talking, I'll be able to launch a phone call, FaceTime, audio, or video chat in the most embarrassing situations completely by accident. And Ren. I think Glenn is talking spy talk, honestly. I, I really like having a watch on my hand. I want to see what time it is. You know what? I pull out my phone to see what time it is a lot of times. You know, it's nice to be able to read your text messages and check who's calling and maybe even read Twitter on your, you know, on your smartphone or on your smartwatch. But I want to see the time. And I really, really don't want to see video wrist chat because not only does it look uncomfortable in the movies, it'll be even more uncomfortable in real life. We already have problems holding up phones, so no video chat. All right, and Jason Cross, finish us off. Uh, yeah, te- texts and Siri and all that stuff are fine, but any f- watch has to accurately tell the time, including things like leap years and uh, your... <laughs> Uh, spring forwards and fallbacks, and if you're Apple, that's that's a challenge. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. And uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, apart from the update to the Retina MacBook Pro and a 128 gigabyte iPad, it's been pretty quiet on the product release front for Apple in 2013. What's going to be the next product Apple unveils, and more importantly, when can we expect it? Jason Cross. Well, they would have announced the iWatch in April, but they probably got the time wrong. Oh. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be the iPad again, even though it's been just six uh, weeks or something. The full size iPad, not the mini. <laughs> A six week turnaround. Yeah, the... six weeks, <laughs> yes. six months. Or they so. do make them awfully fast. Yes, Ren, yes. why don't you uh, uh, give us your answer? Well, while I think that Jason Cross, you know, is on with the rumor sites about the iPad and possibly a new iPhone, I really think they're going to hold those off until the summer or the fall after they release iOS 7. Instead, I think we're like logistically, we're going to see another preview of OS 10, probably Mountain Lion's successor, which may or may not be codenamed OS 10 Bengal. Um, Apple has so far kept this once a year updating cycle for its desktop OS, and it seems like the most likely candidate. And since Phil Schiller seems to have popped out of his hole for the springtime interview, you know, he might as well brief the press while he's at it. Uh, Lex Friedman. Well, Ren had the the right idea, but the wrong execution. I, I agree that we're going to see OS 10 sequel as the next major product. I think it'll be Mac OS 10.9. I think it'll be called Honey Badger. And uh, my expectation <laughs> is that Honey the, it'll Badger come out. do not care. That's right. My expectation <laughs> is they'll you know they'll unveil it in April. It's going to have a release date in winter, and the hallmark feature will be full Siri integration. Uh, the biggest upside of which means that I will finally have a new best friend. And I'm very Aww. disappointed I didn't upload the Siri sound on, onto my soundboard, so I can't have the oh, wow. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> oh, wow. Lex, and sorry That's to okay. you listeners. Glenn, finish us off while I, while I sit here in shame. 
Well, of course, everyone else is wrong, and I'm right, because, you know, that's how it works. And Apple TV Apple TV Pro, forget about the TV set. There's no money in TV sets. You can't make a margin there. Apple's ready to take the hobby label off Apple TV and go professional. And it's going to be a hybrid of a Mac Mini, the original Apple TV, an iTV, and a TiVo, terabyte hard drive, inputs for digital TV antennas. You can record everything over the air. Apple will announce new cable channel contracts. You can buy a la carte. You can pick anything you want. And Apple gets 30%. Here's the only problem. You have to schedule all your program recording in iTunes. Let's go to the scores. Couldn't be tighter on the Macworld Pundit Showdown early on. Everyone sitting on seven points except for Glenn, who is on eight. And that leads us to our next question, which is not about Glenn or his point total, but about Kevin Lynch who in his days as Adobe's chief technology officer, once accused Apple of becoming like Big Brother. Now he's left Adobe to take a job with Apple. What's another instance where someone in the tech world changed their tune pretty darn quickly? Let's go to Ren to start us off. Sure. Well, you know, I think about changing tunes. It's hard not to think of Eric Schmidt, Google's chairman of the board, although his was less of a changing of a tune than copying of tune. Because, you know, he was used to be on the Apple board and he was even present at the original iPhone event to introduce Google apps and search running on the iPhone, Google and the iPhone best friends, but no more. You know, he left the the board right after Google, you know, launched Android, which supported um, some suspiciously similar UI and even caused Steve Jobs to talk of declaring thermonuclear war on his company. Very so, uh, friend turned foe. <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, let's go to Glenn. I think that along similar lines, we have to look at Jessica Alba, who, you know, even though she was being paid by BlackBerry, by RIM, to promote their phone, she's really an iPhone user. And I know she's hardly a technical, uh, you know, on the technical scene, but she's got a lot of popularity. And it just shows that no one, no one can stay away from the iPhone. I gave you two points for that. Um, however... I believe the person you're thinking of is Alicia Keys and not Jessica Alba, as you. No, Jessica Alba also. You'll have to. I don't know. It might be Jessica a Alba is a Windows, Windows phone chill now. Yes. Oh! Yes. A point to Jason Cross for for picking up that. And let's uh, since Jason is already racking up points and it's not even his turn. Let's go to him next. Ah, well, I was going to make fun of John Riticello, who's the EA CEO, for defending retail and then turning around saying it's all about digital and doing such a bad job of it that he quit. Uh, but don't feel bad for him because he's going to keep getting paid. Um, but no, I had a better one, which uh, tell me who this is from 2010. We're going to take it all the way. We're going to the standards bodies starting tomorrow, and we're going to make FaceTime an open industry standard. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not to speak ill of the deceased, but that was Steve Jobs unveiling FaceTime in 2010 and uh, still don't have my open standard. He's unlikely to change his tune about that, though, no. at this point. Lex! We're you know, I would say the answer that. to this question, mm. who uh, the, the person in the tech world who changed their tune has got to be Tim Cook. He spent 12 years yeah. working for IBM. He spent seven years working for HP. Then he flip-flopped and said, PCs are boring. I'm moving to the Mac and Apple. He did just that. And while I have no definitive proof of this, I sincerely believe that he probably worked as a Jimmy Carter impersonator before joining IBM in the first place. That is a lot of tune changing. Very well. Let's stick on the subject of uh, of Kevin Lynch for our reader question. It comes from uh, Giles P. Croft, who would like to know, panel, 
In light of Apple hiring away its one-time arch nemesis from Adobe, what other high-profile executives should Apple try to poach from its competitors? Let's start with Glenn Fleischman. Well, maybe I'll give a correct answer this time, just for a change. Uh, I think they're going to poach Matthias Duarte, who's the design chief at Google Android's OS division. He seems to be one of the few people there who has an interest in making things consistent, good-looking. He has power. He's made changes. And here's the most important thing. He does not like skeuomorphism. I think, Glenn, once again, you're thinking of Alicia Keys. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Lex Friedman. No, I was Will I Am, I think. Mm. Apple needs to hire back John Scully to head up its on-campus soda program. <laughs> and I think it also ought to poach my friend and yours, Ben, the PC guy from Microsoft, just so we can force Microsoft to stop showing those obnoxious uh, smoked by Windows Phone ads. But most importantly, Apple needs to hire Google's Andy Rubin to oversee the department of how not to do things. Lex Friedman realizing that the path to victory is lined with multiple answers. Jason Cross. <laughs> uh, I was going to suggest Joe Belfiore, who runs the Windows Phone division over at Microsoft and has done a really good job of making that a sort of consistent and delightful experience, uh, although they don't have all the apps they need and, and so on and so forth. But really who I think they need is a guy who understands the gaming market and in particular their sort of brand of games for everyone – you know, and uh, Reggie feels aim from Nintendo is the guy they should pick cool. to make uh, not just Macs, but uh, iOS devices and Apple TV and get games everywhere and shake up the gaming industry. I'm giving most of the, the answers here for, for the bravado in which people are pronouncing these names. Oh, Guy Manfringen is uh, <laughs> would be a great hire for, for Apple. Uh, Ren, you have an answer, so please finish us up here. I would love to. You know, all these mentions about men. I would like to see a woman, and specifically Marissa Mayer. You know, not that I necessarily want Yahoo to fail, but it sounds like she'd fit right in with the Apple culture. I mean, few, if any, Apple employees are allowed to work from home, and the campus itself is practically collegiate in its interaction, so there'll be lots of those close-knit interactions happening. And besides, as I said before, it would be nice to see at least one female face on Apple's very manly leadership page, and I bet she could even make Joni Ive smile. Well... Who couldn't make Johnny Ives smile? <laughs> Let's go to the scores. Again, everyone on 13 points except for Glenn. He's only on 11 points now. So It's my strategy to seize defeat from the jaws of yes, victory. Yes, Alicia Keys uh, sends her regards. Oh now, let's well, go on to our next question. It is all about this. Really great new features. We got one more scene for you. Let's say hello to Jenny and her girlfriends at home in Miami. Samsung recently held a launch event for the Galaxy S4 that could charitably be called interesting, but under the theory that any publicity is good publicity. How can Apple top that for its next product launch? Let's start with Jason Cross. Uh, I was going to say they should hire Cirque du Soleil, but Microsoft already did that when they launched the Kinect uh, in another embarrassing uh, display. So here's what I think they need to do. I think they need to hire the Pawn Stars and have a mock uh, sort of um, negotiation with Rick over the price of the iPhone 5S, which of course is going to end up being two ninety nine. Glenn Fleischman. 
Apple tries to make uh, incredible art out of everything. So if it, they're going to be awkward, they're going to be unbelievably awkward, just unbearably awkward. So Tim Cook's going to walk on stage surrounded by a posse of well-known rappers. They're going to start cool. laying down mad beats, and Tim's going to be standing perfectly still in the middle. He's got Drake. He's got Lil Wayne. He's got Kanye. He's got Justin Tim Timberlake. Well, yeah, Justin Timberlake. And they start the most per- awkward performance of all time. They part... He looks at the audience. He says, iPhone 6, and the lights go down, and that's it. I, I, I'm, I would be first in line for a ticket to that. Ren? Well, Samsung may have taken over Radio City Music Hall, but let's be fair. Apple can do one better, and that's namely taking over the whole big Apple. You know, think about it. The company has stores strategically placed all along Manhattan. They just set up a a parade route and have a TV ad reunion for the biggest product launch ever. Apple stores anywhere. Start with some silhouetted Apple dancers. Have Justin Long and John Hodman do a skit. Interview some switchers. You can even end the parade with a giant mobile genius bar. Parade hangers-on can walk the route and get help for their Macs and iOS devices at the same time. They could even bring back the uh, lady from the 1984 ad to smash things with her hammer. (laughs) <laughs> Why not? It's Manhattan. Lex Friedman. You know how one technique folks suggest for uh, folks suggest for public speaking is to imagine your audience naked. So what I think Apple should do is unveil. It should unveil a new iPhone with a new iPhone camera plugin that actually photographs the audience naked and display it live to the audience and the world in real time. You had me until uh, until viewing lots of Apple fans naked. <laughs> Um, let's move on. <laughs> Jeff Bezos of Amazon backed an expedition to recover engines used in the Apollo space program uh, last week. If you had millions in the bank from your successful career in technology, what pet project would you splash your cash on? Let's start off with someone who's actually worked for Jeff Bezos, Glenn Fleischman. Well, you know, when Jeff and I used to have lunch every day when I was working at Am- – oh, I'm sorry. You're not asking about that, are you? But so, you know, Jeff has long had ambitions to go into space. And, and clearly this move is really the first step on his career path towards super villainy. And so thinking along those lines, if I had his millions <laughs> – if I had his millions – Before he rules the world from his moon base where he's going to launch uh, weapons unless we give him one trillion dollars, I would put jet engines on the Titanic, of course, blow it out of the water, and turn it into a floating resort. All very lovely. Uh, We hung on every word. Lex Friedman. (laughs) Uh, If I had untold millions, I'd spend it on three things. A, get Gary Larson to start creating new Fireside cartoons. B, cheaper, better solar technology, because you got to have something legitimate. And C, most importantly, privately fund the Veronica Mars movie so the Kristen Bell and Rob Thomas wouldn't need to turn to Kickstarter. Serenity Caldwell. Oh, gosh. Untold millions means I could spend it on multiple different things like Lex... Uh, but secretly, I kind of want holograms. I know they're silly, but I think they're cool. And it would be really nice to, you know, FaceTime with somebody and actually see their face in three dimensions and be able to turn it around. Also, I would really like on a personal note, I think that the restoration of our film uh, library is really, really important. And I would like to put a lot of money into restoring old 35 millimeter prints, buying a big old theater and showing them to the public because digital entertainment is nice. But 35 millimeter is beautiful. And Jason Cross. It's probably too late for this, but I would spend my millions of dollars hiding Apollo jet engines from Jeff Bezos. 
Um, Another point there. Uh, wow. No, uh, given that he's already found them and that couldn't happen, uh, I would probably uh, invest as some other tech CEOs in, in producing better fake meat, which not only would help feed the world with protein, but would please my vegetarian girlfriend. Wow. Better fake meat. That's a rallying cry for, for, for a generation. Uh, let's move on. April Fool's Day is just around the corner. If Apple really wanted to mess with our heads, what's a prank the company should try to pull off on April 1st? How about you, Serenity Caldwell? WWC tickets now on sale. Lex Friedman. Uh, answer press inquiries in a timely and helpful fashion. <laughs> and you, Glenn Fleischman. Well, you know, I uh, I think that the best strategy they could have is to have a big announcement, invite press in, explain how they're killing iTunes, show us how they've come up with a sensible modular solution for every component, everything it does to work separately and sensibly, and then broadcast worldwide the look on all our faces when they tell us they're lying. Boom. And finally, Jason Cross. Uh, it would be nice to hear them acknowledge that Finder needs help, but I don't think that they'll, that will ever happen. I think that what they should do is make a one of their vague invitations about TV that gets everybody excited that this is that this is the TV set, and then they get out there and uh, talk about a bunch of content stuff for the Apple TV, and that's really all it is. There's it's just here's a slight software update for our existing Apple TV module. Gene Munster finds that especially cruel. We'll go to the scores. Everyone on 21 points in a theme today, except for Glenn. He's back there with 19, but pulling ever, ever closer. And I believe now is a perfect time to hear a word from our sponsor. Well, you no doubt hear Squarespace ads on oodles of podcasts, but now that they're sponsoring the Macworld Pundit Showdown, you know they mean business. Squarespace offers easy drag-and-drop website hosting with numerous high-quality, easy-to-customize templates to choose from. You get a free domain name and 24-7 customer support. Everything on the platform is drag-and-drop, so you can literally drag photos from your Mac right onto Squarespace's interface to add them to your site. And websites are automatically optimized for iPhones, iPads, and other mobile devices, too, assuming people actually use those. The Unlimited plan offers the best value because you get unlimited pages, galleries, and blogging and unlimited storage bandwidth and contributors so here's what you do go to squarespace.com slash macworld to start a free trial you don't need to use a credit card if you decide to purchase click enter an offer code below the pricing at checkout and put in your offer code which is get ready macworld3 that gives you a 10 percent discount so it's squarespace.com slash macworld offer code macworld number three welcome back to the macworld pundit showdown we begin the second half with a question that's all about this Yes, the iTunes Music Store opened its doors 10 years ago next month in recognition of that milestone and the thousands of dollars we've doubtlessly spent in the last decade downloading a la carte tracks like Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, which I'll explain why that's in my music library in a moment. Um, What's one iTunes purchase where you wish you could demand a refund? Let's start off with Jason Cross. We said iTunes purchase, not music store or no, app store. No, I said iTunes. So uh, I, I feel like a sucker for buying uh, Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R, uh, from the app store, both for the iPad and the iPhone, 5 and $3 respectively, separate purchases, and now Google Reader's going away, and I want my $8 back. All right. Well, 
Uh, I hope you saved your receipt. Let's talk to uh, Lex Friedman. Uh, the song is MC Hammer's Pumps and a Bump. My wife, my wife and I watched the VH1 docudrama about MC Hammer. Uh, we saw a scene wherein he filmed a music video for this new Harder Hammer track, and we were so amused by it that we bought it, uh, which haunts me to this day. The pumps, of course, refer to the shoes favored by the women Hammer says he likes. I believe the bump refers to the derrieres, but I've never been entirely clear well, on it. Well, hopefully we can get MC Hammer on this show to confirm or <laughs> deny that. Glenn Fleischman. Always was a fan of the B-52s, and so when Fred Schneider came out with a solo project, I thought, well, that would be great. I should buy that album. But even though it had come out years before, I somehow had missed the bad press and realized that when I started listening to the album, that all of his songs are him talking like this, and it's just him talking all the lyrics like this on every song. So, you know, we all make mistakes. I'm willing to own up to that one. I am willing to give you um, bonus points on every answer <laughs> if you answer them all in Fred Schneider's voice from here on out. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, Ren. All right. Uh, well, when it comes to iTunes music, uh, I used to do karaoke a few years back. And when I was trying to learn a song that I didn't know particularly well, especially duets, I would actually download them from the iTunes music store on my phone, which proved to gather me a whole long list of horrible things like stuff from Adam Lambert. And God, I was really embarrassed about that. But honestly, when it comes to the iTunes store in general, I have to say the thing I regret purchasing most is my subscription to the daily. You know, there was so much press and so much pizzazz but it was completely uneventful and boring and dead within a year i mean rupert Murdoch didn't need that money and he certainly didn't use it to improve news coverage or the daily's lackluster app the only good thing that came from the daily was the so long farewell parody by the poor daily employees before they closed and to explain why i have a vanilla ice track that is for a macworld article i wrote 10 years ago to examine the breadth and depth of offerings in the itunes store And, and that was to i went and had a list of the top 101 hit wonders. And I forget how many I was able to download, but that was, that was one of them. So at least I was able to expense my vanilla ice. My, my shame is expensable. Uh, let's go to our next question. First, it was Scott Forstall, then Steven Sanofsky, and now Andy Rubin, as we mentioned, is departing as the head of Android for another unspecified position within Google. Besides leaving, leading OS development, though, what's the one position in technology that has worse job security than drummer for Spinal Tap? Let's go to Glenn Fleischman. Well, clearly it's not CEO because Steve Ballmer still has his job and, you know, and so does Mark Zuckerberg. And we, we did lose finally the head of Groupon, but it's, you know, CEO may be a, a better position to be in. But where I think the, of course, the next risky spot is, is the head of RIM. They've already gone through two co-CEOs and I think is it 75 chief technical officers are gone. So Thorsten Hines, I think he'll be the next to go and then he'll be hired by Microsoft. Serenity. Well, I've got to say, I feel bad for everybody still working on RSS. I mean, it's gone from Google. It's gone from Safari. God knows I feel bad for the people working on NetNewsWire and Reader. I mean, sync technology is hard to figure out. And the longer, you know, once Google Reader goes off the air, I'm just going to worry if people are even going to care about RSS feeds. Jason Cross. Anything at Yahoo. Back in- <laughs> All jobs at Yahoo. Back in it with a shout. Lex Friedman. Wow. Uh, the position in technology with the worst job security is the senior director of original hardware at Samsung. That is all. Indeed. 
Super Stickman 2, the multiplayer golf game for iOS and now Android, has debuted to rave reviews. What's another instance where the sequel has bettered the original? Jason Cross. Keeping with the game's theme, uh, nobody really cared about Street Fighter, but Street Fighter 2 created an entire industry and, you know, a joystick moves and moves list that have been used in countless other games forever and... Yeah, if it wasn't for Street Fighter Two, the games industry would not look the same. Lex Friedman. Back to the Future Two is the best of all three Back to the Future movies, and for what it's worth, oh man, for what it's worth, <laughs> the iPad Mini is the which it was the iPad sequel. That's the best iPad that has ever been. Glenn Fleischman. Well, you know, I could go with so many things um, like a Lex Friedman response, and I could list off Wrath of, Wrath of Khan, you know, Star Trek Two, Breaking Two, you know, uh, uh, the Electric Boogaloo, Speed Two. All of these are great. That, that was for Electric, Electric Two, uh, Breaking Electric, yeah. Electric Two, Breaking Boogaloo, of course. Uh, and you know, I think the Apple Two was probably one of the best sequels of all time. But really, I'm going to have to go with Ms. Pac-Man because the original Pac-Man, you know, its graphics were more limited, and a year later, the amount of improvement they were able to squeeze into i think five or six bits of graphic was just incredible and it boat. persists to this day my my boys just played one at a at an arcade just the other day so ms pac-man enduring masterpiece it is a it is shocking how just mentioning ms pac-man vaults you back into the back into contention <laughs> ren wrap us up well i would have to go actually with a person and that is steve jobs 2.0 when he came back to apple you know what he came back wiser sharper and ready to drop bombs of color on the beige world of computing and smarter exactly let's go to the scores i was not kidding about miss pac-man now stuck on 28 points and in the lead it's both serenity caldwell and glenn fleischman jason cross just behind with 27 lex friedman for a very foolish opinion about back to the future movies (laughs) languishing in last place with 25 back to the future too (laughs) next question is all about this Yes, the deadline to file your income tax is just a few weeks away, which makes us think of the old Ben Franklin saying. But I'm wondering, besides death in taxes, what else is inevitable in the world of tech? Let's start with Glenn Fleischman. Well, I think smartwatches are inevitable. They're as inevitable as death, taxes, and Microsoft trying to come up with new ideas that fail. And the thing is, I'm an old, old man, Phil, as you know. And when I was a small child, I had a a wristwatch that was called a smartwatch. It had a calculator on it. It was the smartest thing you could buy at the time. And then a few years go by, you can get paging watches from Microsoft, which are canceled. And Microsoft announces a new generation of watches, and they're canceled. Now they're canceling smartwatches even before they're introduced. But, of course, as we know, Apple will come out with one. It'll be better than anything that's been out there. Changes everything forever, and I'll be completely wrong. I had a watch that not only had a calculator but could tell you the time in three different (gasps) cities. So try to top that, Apple. Uh, Serenity. Uh, Well, you know what? There are a lot of things that are inevitable in the world of tech. For one, analysts saying stupid things like blank is doomed in order to get their stock price where they want it. Also, the phrase everything is amazing and nobody is happy. No matter what gets released, 
no one will be happy about it. And finally, consumers keep on being expected to memorize ridiculous model numbers and themed names rather than having just one or two products that say which they are. iPad mini, so much better than Galaxy S4 Mega Ultra V something. Too complicated. All right, Lex Friedman. Well, uh, there are two inevitable things, Phil. The first is that, given the theme music for this question, I will be obligated to mention Weird Al Yankovic's unreleased parody of Taxman called Pac-Man, since it's so relevant to our conversation. And two is abuse of the phrase on steroids in describing technology that rips off other technology, and uh, that's uh, that's just as inevitable. Lex knows how to uh, to push my buttons. Jason Cross. <laughs> Similar to the... Uh you know, on steroids problem is that something will be described as the something killer this year. Uh, but the the real uh, thing that you cannot avoid, no matter who you are or where you go, is that your cable company will screw you. And we move on now to our golden envelope question in which the panelists will try and match my answer for 10 bonus points. Almost certainly, even for Lex, a spot in the final. The question is, Google plans to pull the plug on Google Reader at the, end of the ju- at the end of June, as we mentioned. What beloved, if not necessarily widely used tech service or product, will be the next to get shoved aside in a manner similar to Google Reader? Let's start off with Lex, since he, he needs the point so badly. I think it's pretty obvious, Phil, that after this debacle, the next beloved tech-related service or product to get the axe is the Macworld Pundit Showdown. <laughs> Couldn't come a minute sooner, if you ask me. Uh, Glenn Fleischman. Well, given all the trouble that's been happening lately, I think Apple is ready to pull the plug on iCloud and start its next service. So, not yet named, but I'm sure it'll be just as confusing a transition and just as disappointing as the last one. Serenity. Well, there are a couple of options. You know, I think that Apple has been long debating whether or not to finally kill off the iPad, the iPod, now that it has a bunch of different devices that give it uh, places to play music. Uh, my real hope is that Flash will finally get the last nail in its coffin because, God darn it, it should be just happening already. But really, I think it's going to be AOL Instant Messenger. It's been going the way of the dodo for quite a while, but some people, yours truly included, keep on clinging on to it because it's what we've used for years. But now there are plenty of newer services vying for the messaging crown, including Facebook, Google, and Apple, even though their messaging service leaves a lot to be desired. But hey, you know what? I think AIM is is their days are numbered. All right. Uh, Jason Cross. Well, FeedBurner is obviously doomed, uh, and we can only wish that it was Google Plus instead. And, of course, Microsoft has announced they're killing off Messenger and pushing everyone at Skype. Um, and and I think they're going to try to kill the Pirate Bay, but I think like a weed, it will continue to creep up and uh, stronger and stronger than ever. Ultimately, I have to agree with Ren that uh, it, why can't it be AIM? Why can't that be the next thing to go, please, finally? Well, this is a this is a pickle because you sort of matched my answer. I wrote down AOL. AOL, the entire mm. AOL, not oh, just AIM. Yes. Mm. So they I have millions of dial-up users still. So somehow. I am going to mm. split the bonus points between Ren and Cross. Uh, give them five oh. points each. Which even though Cross just tried to call you out and say that you were wrong to have that on your envelope, I'm mm-hmm. impressed. You're a big man, Phil. <laughs> well, let's see. Yes. Yeah. So, anyhow, this will render our last question almost totally meaningless unless Glenn or uh, 
Glenn or uh, oh. Lex can knock it out of the park. Uh, I have a great one. I have a great one. So, so let's, let's see. see. It, it could happen. Dan Lyons, best known as fake Steve Jobs and better known for his unique brand of fact-challenged punditry, is leaving his editing gig for a job in marketing in 10 words or less. Please bid a fond farewell as Mr. Lyons leaves behind the world of journalism. Let's start to the people who this doesn't matter at all. They could burp into the, the microphone. Jason Cross. <laughs> Uh, I was going to – I couldn't bring up a burp in time. No. <laughs> uh, ten words or less. Dan, you sold out for money. Take me with you. Ren Caldwell. Frankly, it's far-fetched to find a fond farewell for fakery. Ooh. Big mountain to climb, Glenn. <laughs> okay. Don't let the real door slam on your fake ass. And Lex Friedman. Farewell. You're a really, 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 really lousy pundit. Well then, let's huh. let's look at the scores. <laughs> what happened? I'm totaling them up. There's a lot to count for for Ren and Cross. <laughs> My goodness, as expected. Jason Cross, Serenity Caldwell, in the final, with 44 points and 43 Ooh. points, respectively. Gotta get that bonus question sometimes. Glenn gave it a good fight. He finished with 35. Lex in last place with 34. But that just brings us to Defend the Indefensible, where careers are made, where dreams are broken. What I am going to do is read a comment. When you hear the word I, that means you, Jason Cross. <gasps> You have to defend whatever I say for 20 seconds. Uh, would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Why not? Okay. Let us see which one I'm going to use. Ah, this one. As far as I, Jason Cross, am concerned, Samsung made a colossal blunder at its Galaxy S4 launch by not appointing a celebrity to be its global content director. Yeah, everybody needs somebody that they understand to show them what the product can do for them. And that needs somebody they can relate to, even if it's a star of a reality TV series that they've never met before. They need to look at a celebrity that they see all over on TV and say, that person likes the product, therefore it is the product for me. And uh, yeah, they didn't roll out anything but a cute little blonde kid who could tap dance and some uh, cheesy Miami housewives. All right. Thank you very much. Which one shall I give to Ren? Well, I'm going to ask you this one because I, I don't think we'll ever speak to each other again after this. So, <laughs> I, right. I, Serenity Caldwell, think that articles like the 40 hottest women in tech are insulting and demeaning to the accomplishments of the many hot men in tech. You know what? I absolutely agree with that. There are so many hot men in tech. Look at all of the guys modeling the Google Glasses. You know what? Google Glasses... I know a lot of people say that they are a weird fashion statement. I think they're the next like big thing with like the goggles on the head or the binoculars wearing around the ankle. And I mean, think awesome. about okay, other hot I women think, in I, you know because it was a difficult one. I I got to give that to Serenity. I think that she is our champion this time. Her second win. Hallelujah! A great debut for Jason Cross. Congratulations. Uh, Bravo, Jason Cross. I'll take you fought hard. That's, that's fine with me. And I'd like to also thank Glenn and Lex for being present today. 
thank that's, you. That's as much I as would I like to have. thank you, the listener, for joining us. This has been the Macworld Pundit Showdown, probably the last Macworld Pundit Showdown, if what Lex Friedman has to say is correct. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>